0: WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries.
1: These are the people who just want to argue about Christianity. That's all they want to do. They really don't care what you believe. They really don't want to hear what you have to say. They've heard the gospel many times before, and they just love arguing with you in order to make you appear foolish and ignorant. They love to make you appear small-minded, intolerant, and they really do this to tear you apart with their cynicism and their so-called intellectual arrogance. Listen, nothing good comes out of a witnessing situation like that. Absolutely nothing. You get frustrated and they get smugger in their pride and just move on to try to mess up another Christian.
2: Just as dogs and pigs have no appreciation for what is holy or precious, there are people who are so hardened in their hearts that they will not engage in honest dialogue with anyone who shares with them God's precious truths. There is no interest in considering your witness. These people are focused on their offensive strategy and with single-minded purpose ridicule and belittle the wonderful news that we want to share. Thankfully, not everyone is like that. Nevertheless, we need to learn how to identify such people when we encounter them and learn how God would have us respond. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve will be concluding a two-part message from Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, part of the Sermon on the Mount. You probably remember from our last class that at the time Jesus spoke his warning about giving holy food to dogs and pearls to swine, dogs were not considered to be man's best friend. And certainly, no one had a pet pig. Later in chapter 10, Matthew recorded Jesus telling his disciples that if when they went to a village to spread the gospel and the people rejected it, they were to leave and shake the dust off their feet as they left. Now here is Pastor Steve to ramp up our study on this hard saying of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount.
1: Now that expression shake the dust off your feet was very well known to Jewish people. It, Jewish people back then believed that if uh, if they were in an area where there was dust or dirt from uh, or a place from Gentiles, they would be defiled. So when they would leave, they would shake the dust off of their feet, their sandals. So it was saying Jesus was saying If somebody doesn't receive what you have to say, though Jewish, treat them like they're a pagan. Just move on. Just move on. Those who don't receive your message, treat them as if they're the heathen. Just walk away from there and move on. Just move on. The apostles took this to heart because there are a couple of instances in the book of Acts when we read that they actually turned away, Paul did, in ministering to certain hardened people. For example, in Acts chapter 13, Paul is in a city known as Antioch. And here's what it says. Acts 13, verse 44. The next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews, and and when the Bible mentions the Jews, not Jewish people in general. It's the Jewish leaders. It's not meant to be a derogatory term. But when the Jewish leaders, or it says the Jews, saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy. Yeah, because they were following and listening to Paul rather than them. And they spoke they began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, it was necessary that the word of the Lord be spoken to you first. Since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. And a little bit later it says that uh, they shook off the dust from their feet in protest against them. We also read just a few chapters later in Acts 18, when Paul came to Corinth, verses five and six say this, but when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they resisted and blasphemed, he shook out his garments and said to them, your blood be on your own head. I'm clean. From now on, I go to the Gentiles. So that's the same thing that Jesus was teaching. Same thing. Jesus did it. The apostles did it. They withheld the truth from certain people. And Jesus is telling us that we're to do that. So now that we understand that, now that we understand this, that in commanding us not to give holy food to dogs or throw our pearls before swine, Christ was telling us not to share the gospel with certain individuals. How do we apply this to our lives? How do we put this into practice? What do you do with something as, as difficult as this? Well, I think the obvious application is that Christ's command indicates that there are certain people that we are no longer to witness to. This is not an excuse to stop witnessing to everybody, but there are certain people that we should stop witnessing to. These are the people who just want to argue about Christianity. That's all they want to do. They aren't interested in having a healthy dialogue. You can't sit down and have them say, why don't you share what you believe, and then I'll, I'll tell you my response to it. They're not like that at all. They really don't care what you believe. They really don't want to hear what you have to say. They've heard the gospel many times before, and they just love arguing with you in order to make you appear foolish and ignorant. If you try to witness to them, all you'll get in response is ridicule, mockery, and arguments. They love to make you appear small-minded, intolerant. They love that. And, and they really do this to tear you apart with their cynicism And their so-called intellectual arrogance. Listen, nothing good comes out of a witnessing situation like that. Absolutely nothing. You get frustrated and they get smugger in their pride and just move on to try to, to mess up another Christian. Listen, according to Jesus, don't witness to a person like that. You don't do it. A person who stubbornly, defiantly rejects the gospel. It'd be like giving sacred food to dogs like expensive pearls to savage animals, and all they'll do is trample on the precious truths of the Word of God. Now, I realize that this sounds so different than everything you've ever heard. It just seems to go against the grain of everything you've ever been taught about evangelizing, and you may think, well, if people like this don't keep hearing the gospel, how are they ever going to be saved? And you know what? That's a very valid question. In fact, that's a good question, The answer is this, the people that Jesus is talking about, dogs and swine, are people who have already had some exposure to the gospel. That's why they're so hardened to it. He's not talking about refraining from telling the truth to those who have never heard. These people are not ignorant of the truth. They've already heard the message of salvation. They've already listened to it, and they're violent in their reaction to it. They're violent in their reaction to it. Now, that's an important truth to, to grasp. Christ isn't teaching us to withhold the gospel from just anybody. They have to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But these people have heard the word of God. How shall they call upon him whom they have not heard? But these people have heard the word of God and they are viciously insensitive to it. To the point that Jesus said, don't tell them any more. That's it. But listen, that doesn't mean that folks like this can never be saved. They still have the word of God. They've heard it, and God can still sovereignly use your life and testimony to impact them. But Christ's command is simply stop verbally giving them what is holy and precious. But why? Why not keep cracking away? Why not just keep cranking out Bible verses after Bible verses in, hope, in hopes that something will penetrate their sin-hardened hearts? You know, there are some people like that. They never take no for an answer. If if the unsafe say, I don't want to hear it, they're not going to listen to that. They're just going to keep pouring it on and pouring it on and pouring it on. Jesus said, don't do that. Don't do that. Why? Why? Well, he gives two reasons for withholding the truth from dogs and swine. So we move from his command to now the reasons. There are two critical reasons. Verse six goes on to say, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Two reasons in this one statement that Jesus gives We're not giving out the sacred message of salvation to those who act like savage dogs and swine. Reason number one, the Lord said, is that they'll trample these precious truths under their feet. Now, the Lord, in saying this, is giving us a very very graphic picture of a man who, while holding a bag of precious pearls, comes upon a pack of wild dogs or a pack of wild pigs. The animals glare at him hungrily, so he takes out his pearls. He's afraid that they might attack him. So he takes out his pearls and he sprinkles them on the ground. The animals, thinking that the pearls are food, perhaps peas or maybe acorns, they pounce on them, absolutely pounce on them. But soon they realize that these hard-to-chew, tasteless little round things are not food. Now they're angry, they're disgusted, and they trample on them. They stop trying to eat them, they just trample on them. See, the reason you don't give precious pearls to a dog or a pig is the same reason you don't give the gospel to a mocker. They treat it with such disdain, such contempt that they cheapen it by trampling on it. They drag it through the mud. They blaspheme the precious name of Christ. Remember, the truths about Jesus Christ are precious, priceless treasures. I think that's so important for us to be reminded of. So often we, we just think of, well, it's the gospel, I've given out many times, it's biblical information, it's the plan of salvation, it's the Roman road, it's four questions, I want to ask you, it's five, six questions, six points, never reduce the gospel to that, it's pearls, It's holy food, there is nothing more valuable than these truths, and I hope that you haven't become so familiar with it that, that, that you don't realize what we possess. These are the truths that tell us how to have forgiveness of sins. These are the tr- precious priceless treasures that tell us how to have an eternal relationship with God. And when you enter into a witnessing situation with, with people like this, they mock those precious truths. They, they mock God's holiness. They laugh at the precious blood of Christ. In other words, the reason we don't speak to people like this about about Christ anymore is that we don't want to give them the opportunity anymore to mistreat God's word by just dragging it through the mud. That's what Jesus said. Don't give them that opportunity. The second reason that the Lord gave for withholding the truth from people like this is he said at the end of of verse 6, and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, remember the man who gave those costly pearls to the wild pack of dogs and and pigs? Well, once those greedy and vicious animals, angry now, finish trampling on the pearls, guess what they're going to do? In their rage for not getting food, they're going to turn on the one who deceived them. They're going to turn on him and attack him. They're going to turn and try to tear you apart. Folks, that's precisely why you don't throw the pearls of Scripture to sin-hardened people because it invites an attack on you. Invites an attack on you. See, the gospel infuriates people like this because far from satisfying their carnal appetites, the gospel rebukes them, rebukes their sinful lifestyle so that they not only hate the truth, but they hate the messengers of the truth. They're going to turn on you and attack you. Now think of all those heated witnessing debates you've had with people. Think about them they usually degenerate into personal attacks on you and and all you end up doing is trying to defend yourself they they attack your intelligence they laugh at your morals they call you names intolerant bigoted they say you've been brainwashed they say you need to get out more they need to they say you're a dinosaur you're a relic nobody thinks like this you're you know, with the towel, all that kind of stuff. They just verbally beat you into the ground. Well, that's why Jesus said that you don't throw your pearls before swine because it'll only result in you being attacked. Now, someone may say, but I thought we are supposed to be persecuted. I thought that's part of the Christian life. And, and sometimes that persecution means being attacked verbally and sometimes physically. Well, that's right. That's right. Jesus even said that in Matthew 5, 10, and 11. And the Bible states that in other places. But what the Lord is telling us here in this verse is that we aren't to be foolish and invite persecution. Invite persecution by infuriating already antagonistic people. Now, persecution will come from time to time. But if you knowingly are aware that people like this are raging animals in their intense hatred of the gospel, why would you go in there and invite To be yourself to be persecuted. See, that kind of persecution just zaps you of the moral strength that you need to witness to people who do want to hear about Christ. These people don't want to hear about Christ. They just want to argue with you and make you look ridiculous. Just want an opportunity to attack the gospel and attack you, and they'll do it. So don't give them that opportunity. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't waste the precious pearls of truth on them. It'll only result in belittling the truth and belittling you. Now, this is a hard saying. This is not something you hear every day from the pulpit. In fact, I was telling someone after the morning or early morning service that I have a, uh, a commentary. It's actually a book of sermons in my library. And I was really looking forward to seeing what this, uh, this author had to say about this verse. And you know what? It's not there. It goes from verse five to verse seven. Now, I don't know if he preached it in his church and they just decided to leave it out of the book, but it's not in my book. So you don't hear this very often. I don't want anyone to leave here being confused. I want to clarify two important issues. Number one, though we are commanded to withhold the truth from certain sin-hardened individuals, that doesn't mean that we are to have a lack of compassion and love towards them. That doesn't mean that at all. We're not to be cold-hearted judges, abandoning them to God's wrath. We're to have compassion. Remember, Our Lord's reaction to the hardness of the citizens of Jerusalem who rejected him as king. Luke 19.41 says that when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. Jesus cried. He cried over all of those precious Jewish people who were hardened to him and rejected him as their king. And in just a very brief time would call for his death. We need to have that same kind of sorrow, that same kind of heart ache and, and a, an attitude of, of compassion and sensitivity and broken heartedness for those who are like this. Brokenhearted enough to pray for them. They don't verbally witness, but we live a godly life before them and we pray for them to be saved. Second, Second issue that needs clarification is this: It would be very easy for us to use Matthew seven six as an excuse to no longer evangelize difficult people. I mean, after all, Jesus said, "Don't throw your pearls before swine." So who's swine? Everybody. I'm not going to witness. That's wrong. That's wrong. The Bible makes it very clear that we are to witness to the lost and even difficult folks. Now they're not difficult like this. Or different types of difficulties, but, but we are to witness even to difficult people, and we are to be patient, and we are to be long-suffering and witnessing to those who continue to reject Christ. We're not to turn away from everybody who has an objection to the gospel. In fact, the Apostle Paul specifically told Timothy not to do this. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 and following, we read this. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. And the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. See, now these people will listen when you speak to them, not the kind of people Jesus was talking about. and That they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. So this doesn't mean that we shouldn't evangelize. Jesus was merely saying that there are certain, uh, certain types of lost people who are so antagonistic to the gospel that they not only reject it, but they mock and they ridicule it. They won't listen to you. They don't want to hear what you have to say. Those people who said, just leave them alone. Leave them alone. Don't give them more opportunities to attack the gospel. So the question is this. It boils down to this. How do you know then? to whom you should witness. How do you know if they're just a difficult lost person who you need to be patient with, or if there's someone who's, who's like a dog and a, and a pig? You know how you know? You make a judgment call. That's the whole point. You have to decide. You have to have spiritual discernment. That's the whole point of Matthew 7, 6. You make the judgment call in determining which people are like savage dogs and pigs and which are not. That is is when it's right to judge the unsaved that's the right kind of judgment and you know what um, you ask the lord for wisdom and then you do the best you can you do the best you can you make an evaluation you have discernment and and don't don't worry about it just ask the lord for wisdom and then just make a judgment call see that's the whole point that's why this is the perfect balance about judgment that's why verses 1 through 5 tells us don't judge your fellow believer with that condescending attitude. But that doesn't mean, Jesus said, I don't want you to misunderstand. I don't want you to take this to the nth degree and make no judgments. You do have to make a judgment about error, blasphemy, ridicule, scorn. That's the point of this. You make the judgment call to not let his word be slandered and trampled on. Now, the Lord's Supper which we're now ready to move into. The Lord's table is holy and it's precious too. Why is it precious? Because it reminds us of the gospel message. That's the whole purpose of the Lord's Supper. It reminds us that Jesus died for sinners like us and that he rose again and that we can be forgiven of our sins. And when we come to the Lord's Supper, we are remembering Christ and remembering his place on the cross on our behalf but if you don't approach this Lord's Supper with the right attitude, the Apostle Paul said that you'll be guilty of trampling on it. That's a serious, serious affront. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, that's the same thing as trampling, unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood. Of the Lord. What does Paul mean? If you come to the Lord's Supper and you claim to know Christ, this is only for believers, by the way. You're not a believer, just let the elements pass you by. But if you have a relationship with Christ and you come to the Lord's Supper, but there's something in your life that you refuse to repent of. We're not talking about a sin that you're struggling with, but something you know is wrong. You have an unforgiving attitude towards somebody and you, you refuse to deal with that. You have anger in your heart that you refuse to deal with. You're, you're immoral, and you refuse to repent of that. You're dishonest. There, there's something, whatever it is, there's something in your life you know it's wrong, you know it violates scripture, you know the Lord is not pleased with it, but you're not ready to give it up. The Bible says that is an unworthy manner. That is an unworthy manner. And that is hypocrisy, because you're saying, thank you, Lord, that you died for my sins, but I'm gonna continue in this. I'm gonna continue in this. It's 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 really trampling the blood of Christ. It's saying it's of no effect. Didn't have any impact on my life, didn't make me more holy and pure. I'm gonna do whatever I want. So this is very serious. This is very serious. As we said, this is the time that we remember the Lord, but this is the time that if there's some sin in your life that you have not addressed, and you know it deal, it, deal with it. Deal with it now. Let's bow for prayer. A prayer, And then our leaders will pass out the elements. Father, thank you. Thank you for these strong words. Hard sayings of, of Jesus, but critical, important sayings. Lord, give us wisdom to know how to make the right judgment calls. Help us to be discerning. Help us, Lord, to understand and apply to our own individual lives what you said. We, we all know people like this. Hardened mad at at you, ready to attack anybody who brings up the name of Christ. Lord, may you deal with them. May you deal with them and help us to just be gracious and loving, but to leave them alone. And Father, we thank you for the precious pearls of Scripture. May we have such a reverence for the word of God that we would treat it as the precious treasure that it is. And Lord, may we treat your table now as the precious treasure too, for it reminds us of our savior reminds us and we marvel at you lord that you died on the cross on our behalf and we pray now that each one of us who who really know you would approach you and approach this table in a manner that's worthy of who you are and what you've done for us we pray this in jesus name amen
2: amen thank you pastor steve for showing us how we can understand and apply this difficult verse in our own lives May God show those of us who are His children who we should and should not witness to. And may He give us boldness, discernment, and compassion. You have been listening to Verse by Verse. It's a daily radio Bible class taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse Ministries produces these broadcasts in order to make his practical messages available to a larger audience. We are a faith ministry supported by caring listeners like you. If you would like to listen again to today's program, please stop by our website, versebyverseradio.org. You should find there today's class, and if you click the link on the archives page, you will find dozens of previous lessons. That's versebyverseradio.org. Our class today was the conclusion of a two-part message. To listen to the whole message at once, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will call you back during weekday office hours so that you can order a CD or a cassette. Our number again is 727-441-1714. I'm sure that you have at least heard of the Golden Rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Did you know that there is a connection between prayer and the Golden Rule? We will look at those verses next time on Verse by Verse as we continue learning from the Sermon on the Mount.